What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Barbells and Trails podcast. I am your host, Brett, back with another episode for the week. How's it going, everybody? We're we're here yet again. It's a studio's a little lonely. Uh, I think I'm gonna need a guest here soon. I hope you guys enjoyed last week's episode. It it um. I want to say it turned out quite like I wanted it to. I think it would have been better if I had had a guest, but it, it wasn't bad. I actually really enjoyed it. I did enjoy that book, and I hope you guys enjoyed the episode. Rich Dad Poor Dad ended up being a a really good book, and I, I uh, man, I had heard about that book for probably a year, year and a half now, and I don't think... I would, uh, like, that, that's a book I would recommend to anybody. I don't care what age, where you live, just anyone. It was, it was quite an amazing book, and I wish I had read it sooner. But, um, yeah, it, it was great. Uh, this episode, I'll tell you right now, I don't really have a structure going. I, uh, I think a couple episodes down the road, I'm planning on possibly having a guest so that'll be a good change up now that I actually have two mics if you guys noticed in the Instagram post still trying to figure out a few things I want to do with the background I have a few ideas that I really need to look into and see if I can get this stuff ordered uh the camera setup is the thing I I got to figure out but I'm hoping to have that full-fledged up and running here in the next two three weeks I get everything ordered this week it just kind of depends on when stuff gets in and set up so I'm I'm kind of excited for it I can't wait to have my first guest on I can't wait to actually have a video um to actually go with the the audio I think it'll be a a great add-on for everybody I'm super like I'm definitely looking forward to it I have some good ideas for future content on this uh podcast in general uh that i've been running by some friends and and kind of thinking of and coming up with and i can't wait to necessarily bring that to the podcast itself because i think the these ideas will be very very interesting and will make for some very good episodes and topics and i'm hoping to have a decent amount of guests on as of december uh, just with people being in town, so I'm kind of excited for that. I, I got a lot brewing in my head on what what I'm gonna do with this, and I c- can't can't appreciate the support I've had enough so far. And it's actually kind of crazy within the past two weeks. If anyone listening understands YouTube, I've had almost eighty thousand impressions on my YouTube channel, which basically means that my thumbnails, my my video clips have been shown and at least been seen somewhere on over 80,000 YouTube pages, which is kind of crazy. Um, obviously, you can't really, I, I know, I don't really have a thumbnail, like a real, real thumbnail, so it's not like I'm getting a lot of clicks or bunch of views but my views have definitely been a lot higher so it's really really cool that 
starting to figure some stuff out with that. But yeah, I don't, I, I have been, I did read, I finished another book, um, technically at the end of last week. And it was, let me see here, let me double check the title. Uh, the book on rental property investing by Brendan Turner. Don't think it's necessarily going to be a book that I end up going over on the podcast. I might talk about it here now, but uh, I was curious. I've always been curious in real estate investing and stuff like that, and I've known I, I got a decent amount, a decent amount of information in this noggin about it, but not not anything major. So I was kind of curious about this book. It it was actually very very interesting and kind of eye-opening to how certain stuff works stuff I didn't know some some stuff that I did actually know already um it 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 definitely piqued my curiosity I think I think real estate in general is something a lot of people should look into I think in general investing is something a lot of people should look into and it doesn't necessarily matter what it is, just doing it in general is just good. And I don't know, I've always been always been kind of attracted to real estate in some way or another. So reading that book was very interesting and kind of piqued my interest and opened my mind a lot with certain things and how certain stuff works. So who knows, I might, I might get into it um, here in the near future, but we'll, we'll see. But I'm trying to think what all happened this week. I guess I guess the biggest thing that happened this week that, that uh, is just kind of nuts is the Queen Elizabeth died, which was ridiculous. I mean, she was nine ninety six, I think. Yes, I think in ninety six, and I had seen something that morning before she actually passed about her being and like immediate care and and family coming up and she was in critical condition or so, something along those lines but I didn't necessarily think anything of it I was like oh she'll be fine like it's it's the queen they got the best doctors she has been in the hospital in the past but I mean I guess they keep they probably keep most of that secret if she was dealing with anything which I really don't know how she died could have been old age I mean she was 96 but um and then probably four hours later, I saw I saw stuff on Instagram, I saw stuff on YouTube, I saw stuff everywhere about Queen Elizabeth passing. So that was that was kind of crazy news. Longest reigning monarch, I think, in English history, which is kind of crazy. But you just get so used to Queen Elizabeth, you know. I, I've known her for twenty one years, but. Yeah, that was that was something I was not expecting to be in the news this week, which is kind of kind of mad. But yeah, this week has been it's been interesting. It's it hasn't been too bad. I've been hitting the gym. I'm just I think this week is just gonna be kind of a catch up thing for the most part. And I'll tell you right now, it's gonna be a shorter episode, probably one of our shortest ones. Uh, but I I've, I've been hitting the gym. It's been going well. I'm glad to be getting back into it uh third third week in a row now so it's been going pretty well 
mornings i i've been doing decent with the morning routine sometimes getting up is kind of a a bastard trying to wake up at five in the morning it's it's something that if you're not keen on when you go to bed at night it can throw off your routine in the morning so that's one thing i'm trying to do this week is kind of keep that keep that in check on my nightly routine to make sure everything runs smoothly the rest of the day but it's it's awesome. I have. I'll, I'll just tell you now. I have some crazy ideas for this podcast. I cannot wait to see see this come through. I will let you guys know that I am contemplating uh, getting someone on here as a co-host full time. I think it'll be good uh, in general. I think it'll be good for me to have someone to uh, talk to and to kind of build off of stuff and. And kind of have a, a second mind to bounce back and forth on. But I have some great ideas. And, and I think having the the studio, even though it's nothing major, it is a small room. Like if you guys have noticed in the, in the Instagram, it's not large. But it, it has just having this space gives potential for some future ideas. And at least the person I've talked to about it to possibly come on as a co-host is keen to some of these ideas and and think they would actually work so i'm i'm excited to see what we can do but uh as for next week's episode i was running it through my head i'm gonna let you guys on a little filler uh i think next week i think i'm gonna go over another book um I think it's going to be, I'm going to try getting through Grant Cardone's 10X, 10X rule, right? That's what it's called. I believe so. It's, it's a book I've been wanting to read for a while. I see a lot of stuff on Grant Cardone. He's a very, very wise man when it comes to investing and real estate investing and he takes a lot from Robert Kiyosaki as well, um, just with some of the stuff in his principles. Because that that is the thing when it comes down to it is trying to build wealth or be wealthy and and shit like this. The principles are, in all honesty, very simple. You, you gotta educate yourself as you get into it, but the basic principles are so simple that anyone can do it. And it's just once you get more into it that it gets more complicated and you got to know more about what you're doing. But someone can be such a sit back, no, no, um, not a hands-on investor by any means, especially in today's age, and still do better than the majority. So it's, it's very... It's very cool, I think, with nowadays and the market and technology and apps and companies and stuff that kind of allow investing and education and financial literacy to be, I guess, more um, available. That is really cool, and but it's still such an understated, undertaught um, topic for some reason. Even though it's probably one of the most important things anyone can learn, it's not taught at all. 
And that's, I guess that's one thing I don't think I really talked about in the last week's episode. I think I did a little bit, but it's, it's just kind of sad because it's some of the stuff that I've talked to people about. It's like, they don't have any clue or so, so, and like I said, most of it's so simple that people just don't understand it. And then part of the reason why people don't get into certain stuff is because they don't have an understanding or they think it's too risky and it's not meant for people like them or or just random stuff like that and in all reality investing should be for everyone and it's definitely a principle that I'm gonna want to teach to my own kids in the future but it's it's very interesting uh one thing I was gonna do for this episode was I was gonna go through a few few more um news things so I'm trying to think what news topics I was gonna talk about okay let's do a little Ukraine update I haven't stayed up on this as much as I should should be but Okay, Ukraine launches surprise attack. Ukraine's military launched a surprise attack it claims has broken through Russian lines. In late August, Ukraine launched an offensive in the south to retake Kherson? Kherson? I don't know. A Russian-occupied city. Russia responded by repositioning troops south. This attack is taking place in the exposed northeast. Ukraine claims it has taken 20 plus towns and 150 square miles. Russian analysts have acknowledged some gains, but say Russia still controls the key towns. On Thursday, U.S. Secretary and State Attorney pledged $675 million more in military aid to Ukraine. He promised to support Ukraine for as long as it takes. I mean, I'm glad that they're putting up a good fight, but the thing is, I don't think that this, I don't think that this is necessarily going to go anywhere anytime soon, because I don't know how either side necessarily wins. I think it gets to the point where either Russia kind of takes, takes everything, like there's not... I think the Ukrainians are going to fight and they're they're fighting very very well honestly like the, I don't think anyone thought they were going to last this long and this like even when the first invasion happened like it's it's kind of crazy uh what they've been able to do considering their uh enemy that they're up against I mean the Russian military just in size and power is in in comparison ridiculous so i think it is crazy what they've been able to do but i also don't necessarily believe that we should be sending as much money and resources as we have especially when you can compare the amount that we've sent and resources to the amount that other european countries have sent to ukraine and it's dramatically more and it's at the same time seeing us pull this money kind of out of nowhere but we still deal with certain infrastructure issues we still deal with job issues we still deal with not having certain business in the united states and sent overseas and just just stuff that 
in the long run could be reasonably simple fixes if the money was spent in that direction to when in most of those situations they say oh we just don't have the budget for it and then we send all this money overseas and i'm not saying we shouldn't support them by any means but i just think that we might be doing more than what we should be i think we've gotten so far from our like in like the early 1900s our isolate isolationist views which i think was detrimental in its own right to the united states but i think we need to have a happy medium of effect on the outer outer world and what we actually focus on here i think we've over the past 20 years mainly focused on everything well, actually probably more than 20 years outside of our borders and i think we should definitely have spent more time focusing on our society our 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 country just in social issues with economic issues with a bunch of other stuff because a lot of the stuff that we're dealing with now could have been prevented 20 plus years ago and it's as a result of decisions made 20 plus years ago which kind of sucks but it is what it is on that one in other news malaria vax shows promise a VAC series shows promise in preventing malaria. Malaria is caused by a parasite trans- tra- transferred by mosquitoes. While curable, an estimated 600,000 people die from it annually, mainly children in Africa. A study found that a booster of a VAX developed at Oxford University was up to 80% effective at preventing malaria in 409 children between ages five or oh yeah five and 17 months old this is the first time a series of malaria shots has crossed the 75 percent threshold for what the world health organization considers effective the trial will continue for two more years malaria is its own ridiculous situation in the sense that we we have been dealing with it for hundreds of thousands millions of years as a species and that it's actually recorded that billions upon billions of humans have been killed from malaria which is kind of ridiculous uh it's such a terrible disease and it's not that that's the thing it is curable but then also some of the main places that are affected by it are the places that can't always get medicine nowadays so i mean situations have gotten a lot better but it's also trying to get certain stuff to like third world countries and actually handle stuff is is the big challenge also in the news the iphone 14 is coming out um Apple is, I guess, trying to make sure people don't die now because they have a lot more sensors on their phones and Apple watches to uh, indicate car crashes, to call 911s. You have satellite connection, even if you have no service, so you can call for SOS. 
uh, menstrual cycle tracking, uh, systems that are supposed to be able to show any form of, I think, heart attack and certain stuff now on the um, Apple Watch, all sorts of stuff. I saw that, and I was like, well, that's kind of cool. But, man, they're really trying to trying to be like, buy our product because we'll make sure you don't die while using it or have a less likely chance of dying, which is an interesting mar- marketing tactic, but they do make pretty good products in the long run. Uh, I'm trying to think what else has happened this week. Uh, Jewel lawsuit. Okay. Jewel agrees to pay $438.5 million to 33 states and Puerto Rico to settle a lawsuit over its alleged marketing to kids. Jewel faces thousands of lawsuits over accusations that its marketing and fluty flavors targeted minors. In June, the United States banned Jewel products from shelves. They are still being sold, though, pending on approval. Per the terms in the settlement, Jewel cannot market to youth, use actors under 35 in ads, fund school programs, or mislead users about nicotine contents. Jewel voluntarily discontinued its fruity flavors in 2019. Jewel recently slid behind views another e-cig company and market share. Ooh. Yeah, the Jewel stuff's uh, been been very very interesting. It's uh I think I think Jewel is, yeah, it definitely became an issue because Jewel was the main company that's actually ever done anything. And I, I saw the come up of vaping and, I guess, e-cigs. Because I remember as a kid when e-cigs first came out, there was nothing to it. They were kind of stupid. I don't even know if they had much nicotine. They weren't flavored. And they were targeted to adults, for sure, which is good. But... Jewel came out, and it was kind of a whole different story. Uh, I mean, I knew people that started vaping. They would have been seniors, but my freshman year was kind of when stuff started to come out. And progressively, it seemed like every year as I went through high school, more and more people had vapes. And a lot of them were vaping during school in the bathrooms. So it's it's kind of crazy to see the full runaround that the majority of the things people were using were jewel products to then now that company basically being scorned by the u.s government for um advertising towards children chart of the day the top one percent of americans 3.3 million is 11 and a half times wealthier than the bottom 50%, 165 million people. 10% of the U.S. population, 33 million people, owns 70% of its wealth. Since 2000, the U.S. gained 85.8 trillion in wealth. Of that, 2.6 trillion, 3.1% has gone to the bottom 50%. The median after-tax income of the bottom one percent, or, or sorry, of the top one percent, is five hundred thousand to seven hundred thousand, and the 
and the annual income of the 20, the, <laughs> this is terrible, sorry, income of the bottom 20% was 37,000. In 2020, 11.4% of the U.S. population lived below the federal poverty line, normally defined as annual income below 12.9 thousand per person or 17.4 thousand for two people wow that's that that is pretty crazy uh but i mean those numbers haven't those numbers haven't changed in years and it's only gone up and gotten worse. I think part of that is just is the way the market has also advanced in certain ways, especially over the past 20 years. But I, I think part of it is just in general, part of it is financial education. Because it's not that the wealthy get given a lot because a lot of the people that end up there work work for it i mean that some of the most wealthiest people in our country don't technically have that money because it's wrapped up in companies like elon musk bill gates and uh bezos jeff bezos like all, all, most of their wealth is wrapped up in the companies they started same with zuckerberg so it's it's pretty it, I don't know if you can be mad at someone like that because they just happen to come up with something that people used, enjoyed, and made money off of it. I don't, I don't think you can get mad at someone like that, but most people do because they have something that they don't. I see that in small towns in general, and by small towns, I mean where I grow up. People hate seeing success. It doesn't matter who it is. There's people locally that dislike other people locally that have done well for themselves by having their own business or by doing certain shit or or by just like starting their own business or owning multiple homes or starting like just anything or trying to work towards their their dreams or kind of trying to be an entrepreneur and stuff people in small towns are terrible and arrogant when it comes down to a lot of stuff because it, no offense to most people they, they are great for the majority but most, most people, I think, especially in America, depending on where you live, blame everyone else for their problems. And I think that in certain situations, that's very true. And in certain situations, stuff that the government has done, big business and a bunch of other things have taken money from other people. But also, I think that most people hate seeing, they just hate seeing other people do better than them. So I don't, like, there's people my age making $150,000 in New York. And part of that is like, yeah, that's a lot of money. But also, they're living in New York. That $150,000 is not going to do near as much. Like, they're probably making more than me after living costs, definitely than I am, but at the same time, the cost of living there is so much higher that making $80,000 a year isn't necessarily anything impressive, where if you make $80,000 where I live a year, like, that, that's a lot of money, like, that you're doing well for yourself, like, that's not like, 
that's nothing ridiculous, but at the same time, that's that's pretty impressive. And so it's it, it, part of it is perspective and where where you are and how you see things. But I do think in general for small towns in particular, and I think for the U.S., we do better than other countries. I have seen that compared to the U.K. There, people are very very weird about like seeing people step out of line and do shit different and and kind of um make their own way they do react differently but i feel like it's just because that culture is very very old school where i feel like the u.s society was from innovation and growth and people stepping out and being outliers to then change change the way we live lives i mean Thomas Edison and Tesla and like some of those people were were people that weren't necessarily like thought of as amazing until until their works were proved so it's kind of it's kind of very similar like I feel like in certain situations when it comes to something like this like a podcast or YouTube depending on where you are in the U.S. some people will be like that most don't understand but depending on who you talk to some people are like good job go for it if you're able to make money for it and people do and some people do amazing at it some people are like that's awesome like good for you and then there's other places in america that look at you like who the hell do you think you are why the hell are you making money just go get a job you're not gonna do anything with your life so it's i I do hate the small town mentality uh in general and i think that's one reason why i like to travel and see different stuff because somehow growing up in a small town I don't have the same mentality mentality as small town people and I'm grateful for it and that's one reason why I started this podcast was for it to hopefully hopefully eventually become something but it's also something I enjoy and I I do kind of find it fun especially once things get up and running like I want to and have people on I'm gonna have so much fun with this so it's it's still a learning process it's still a process this is in its early stages still I mean yeah we're on episode 21 it's impressive to then make it to 21 weeks in and make it through 21 episodes but it's still compared to especially large podcasts nowadays it's still very very and in its early stages so this is it's quite amazing and i can't can't wait to see what we might be able to turn this into okay so this is a little different and random but just popped in my head and i wanted to talk about it but a nissan gib and austin mcbroom had their boxing match as of last night i did not pay to watch the fight because no one on the card looked interesting in any fights that I was actually interested in. The only fight I would have been interested in was the main event. And for the pay-per-view to be $40, it was not worth my time or money to spend that money to then watch. So I then woke up this morning forgetting about it to then see videos of it and results. And I am very happy for the results. A Nissan Gib came out on top. 
I didn't necessarily see if it came. I don't think it was a decision. I think I think someone threw in the towel. I watched some highlight videos and it was it was good. I was actually very it seemed like a pretty good fight in general. Uh Gib stressed me out there for a second. I I know he got knocked down once. I think it wasn't necessarily from him losing consciousness or necessarily getting hit super hard. I think part of it was his footing or when he did get hit, it was kind of hard for him to stay up and he just kind of fell. But Austin got knocked down, I think four or five times. And some of those hits hit him hard. I saw one clip where he about fell out of the, the boxing ring. He got hit, knocked down he fell outside the ropes. He was barely barely on the stage. He about fell out. It was it was an amazing fight. I was definitely rooting for Gibb this whole time. I think Austin McBroom is very, very cocky. I think Gibb I think in boxing you have to be cocky, but I think Gibb was respectfully cocky. And uh and at least tried to talk the talk. So and I think Austin just, it was always been very arrogant. I've never necessarily been a big fan of Austin McBroom. But it was it was interesting to watch their fight. I think they did both fight pretty well. Um, definitely looked like they tried duking it out. I feel like as a fight itself, they both looked very prepared. And the fight was really good. And I think... I think Gibb just did really well on coming in with some veracity at certain points in the fight and just going for it. And he just was able to get some punches through when he just kept throwing and was able to land some good ones on McBroom and kind of kind of really get him get him under the jaw and mess him up. So it w- it was interesting to see. I still I think it'll be interesting what's going to happen from from this fight, like where Gibbs gonna go next, where the next boxing events, like how it's all gonna be held, I know that uh, JJ KSI has talked that he's gonna fight in January. I think I've also seen that Logan's been talking about wanting to fight again, so I think it'd be very interesting if they get, uh, if they end up getting him on the card. That'd be super fucking interesting to watch. I'd be curious to see who he fights, but I think if they... There'd definitely be a fight night that I'd watch if you had Gibb, Deji, Logan, KSI, if you had all these people on the card, and maybe, let's say, Slim again, or some other people, depending. Like I think that would be a very, very, very good event, and I'd be... I would be excited to watch that one. I would, I would a hundred percent pay to watch that. So it, it was, it was interesting. I was very, very proud of Gibb and him being able to really get some stuff done. Um, so it's, it, it's cool to see him win. Cause I know the last one he did win, but it took, um, it took a decision after the fight when it was obvious he should have won. 
that they actually gave him the win. So he didn't even get to enjoy it on the night, which kind of sucks. He did get the dub afterwards, but the judges did kind of fuck it over and call it towards uh, Taylor Holder. But, all right, well, I think that's probably going to do it really for this episode. I want to go over some facts again uh, before before I close out the episode. But after that, I think I'm going to call it. So let's get into it. Fact number one, humans have jumped further than horses in the Olympics. The Olympic world record for the longest human long jump is greater than the world record for the longest horse long jump. Mike Powell set the record in 1991 by jumping 8.95 meters in the horse. Extra Dry set the record in 1900 by jumping 6.10. Speaking of random, that, that's very that's very random. Uh, fact number one, the Terminator script was sold for a dollar. James Cameron is the award-winning director for the movie, like movies like Atlantic and Avatar, uh, Avatar, Avatar. In order to get his big break with the Terminator, he sold the script for a dollar and a promise that he'd direct it. And of course, the movie was a famous success, which is very very interesting. Wow. Okay, fact three. Pigeon poop is property of the British crown. In the 18th century, pr- pigeon poop was used to make gunpowder. So King George confirmed the droppings to be the property of the crown. What? Okay, that... I don't... I know that it's something also like every swan in England belongs to the queen or some weird... Sh- like there's... Well, king now? King, yeah, King Charles, right? So, I, they do have some weird laws. Like, the U.S. has some weird laws. I would love to talk about some weird laws here in the future. Oh, that'd be fun. I've heard some really, really random ones for um, the United States. Fact number four. Onions were found in the eyes of the Egyptian mummies. Pharaoh Ramsey IV of ancient Egypt had his eyes replaced with small onions when he was mummified. The rings and the layers of the onions were worshipped because people thought they represented eternal life. This aligns with the reason of mummification to allow the pharaoh to live forever. Please, nobody put onions in my eyeballs when I die. I will not appreciate that one by any means. Fact number six... Yes. Abraham Lincoln was a bartender. You know, the 16th president of the United States fought for the freedom of slaves and the Union, but you did not know that he was a licensed bartender. Lincoln's liquor license was discovered in 1930 and displayed in the Spring Hill Liquor Store. According to Wayne C. Temple, a Lincoln expert, Congress wanted to fire you, you wait, to fire Ulysses S. Grant. 1863 because he drank a lot and Lincoln's response was to send Grant a supply of whiskey what that's so random I didn't know he was a bartender I mean semi semi modern era you know I mean the guy ended up living in Chicago for a while so I mean yeah makes sense you gotta make money Pay, pay for that law school uh, fact seven, Beethoven never knew how to multiply or divide. Ah, that actually doesn't surprise me. The re- renowned pianist 
pianist. The renowned pian- pianist went to a Latin school called Tercinium, where he was taught some math, but never learned multiplication or division, only addition. Once, when he needed to multiply 62 by 50, he wrote 62 down on the line 50 times and added it all up. Oh, Lord. Wow. I would... Oh, imagine. That would take forever. Yeah, that's no... That's no boy. No, they should have taught the man. They, they really should have. Uh, Japanese released sushi-inspired Kit Kats for a limited time in 2017... Tokyo's Kit Kat chocolate, chocolatory shop, fuck, I don't know, made three types of chocolate bars that were inspired by sushi, but didn't actually taste like raw fish. The tuna sushi was strawberry seaweed wrapped, one tasted like pumpkin pudding, and the sea urchin sushi was flavored, was a flavor of cardamom melon with something cheese. All, all were made with puffed rice, white chocolate, and a bit of wasabi. J- the Japanese do some interesting stuff. I'd love to visit Japan just because they're so out there with some of their their things. Uh, Let's see here. An espresso maker was sent into space in 2015. Coffee lovers will appreciate this interesting space fact. Samantha Christofetani Fertiti. For, for, for was the first astronaut to get warm and cozy piece of home sent to her while in orbit. The Italian space agency worked with Italian coffee manufacturers Lavisa to get coffee capsules into space. Well, that's kind of cool. The word aquarium means watering place for cattle in Latin. Of course, today's aquariums aren't for cattle. The first aquarium that looks like what you'd imagine was created in 1921 and opened in 1924 in England. Uh, We're going to go facts 8. We'll go with 8. I think I'm on 9, but we'll go with 8. An employee at Pixar accidentally deleted a sequence of Toy Story 2 during production. Ed Catmull, the co-founder of Pixar, wrote, wrote in his book Creative Inc., the year before the movie came out, someone entered command something RM minus F RF something on the drive where the files were saved and scenes started deleting. It would have taken a year to recreate what was deleted, but luckily another employee had a backup of the entire film on her laptop at home. Oh shit. That would have ruined my childhood if Toy Story 2 got messed up in production i watched that one i think the most as a child okay um uh yeah okay in fact nine steve jobs and steve uh oh i i know his name but i'm forgetting how to pronounce it wozniak sorry steve wozniak and ron wayne started apple inc on april fool's day the three Technology innovators signed the documents to form the Apple Computer Company on April 1st, 1976, but the company was not fully incorporated until January 3rd, 1977. 30 years later, the company was renamed Apple Inc. and is no joke. In 
2018, Apple became the country's first trillion-dollar company. Of course, computers have come a long way since then. And we will go with, last but not least, fact number 10. The inventor of the tricycle personally delivered two to Queen Victoria. In 1881, Queen Victoria was on tour on the Isles of Wright when her horse and carriage could not keep up with a woman riding a tricycle. <laughs> Intrigued by the bike, the queen proceeded to order two. She also asked that the inventor, James Starley, arrive with the delivery. Though you might might, <laughs> might associate tricycles with toddlers, Queen Victoria made them cool among the elite at the time. What the hell? That's that that is one fact I would not have I would not have ever thought of was that Queen Victoria made tricycles cool for the elite wealthy class. That that one's that one's pretty interesting. But okay everybody, I think that's that is gonna do it for this episode. I need to get some stuff done, so I'm ready to rock and roll for tomorrow. Tomorrow being Monday. So, I'm going to get on it. I'll see you guys all next week. Uh, I think it'll be good. I'm looking forward to possibly having a guest in, in two, we'll say two weeks, and we'll go from there. And I can't wait to get this studio finished to actually have video and and to be able to actually talk to you guys, I guess. Like, more, you know. Cause you can see me, <laughs> but I, I can't wait to do all that and get this finished. I'm super excited. Looking forward to the future for this, this podcast. And I hope you guys are just as much.